Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic today. It's July 4th, 2017. A very happy Independence Day to my listeners in the United States. I know we get international listeners. I do have those analytics, so I do know that that we talk, that I'm talking to people around the world. But today, of course, is American Independence Day, so happy July 4th, or as I like to say, the day after my birthday, uh, <laughs> um, to everyone out there. Try and do a quicker show today for you. I, I'm sure not a lot of people will be listening, so we'll keep this in the archives for you to listen to on July 5th. You can find us on iTunes, Audio, Stitcher, TuneIn, all the fun places you download podcasts. Of course, if you're already listening to this, you probably already download the podcast anyway. But on today's show, I do want to talk a little bit about free agency and what the magic strategy should be in free agency and why I think it's not a bad thing that the team has been kind of quiet. Um, uh, I think that it's been a uh, kind of strategic decision to be this quiet in free agency and why I think that's ultimately a good thing for the Orlando Magic. Uh, And then I will talk about Monday's game against the Dallas Mavericks and specifically uh, Derek Walton Jr. and the impression that he has made in the uh, on the Summer League roster. But let's start with free agency. Obviously at midnight on July 1st, the floodgates opened and it was a free-for-all for everyone to go out and sign people. Money's been handed out left and right, although not as crazily as it was before. It's been an eventful summer, and certainly we're still waiting for one of the big shoes to drop in Gordon Hayward, and that's going to set some dominoes in motion as far as setting the market and what teams need what. But the Magic were always going to kind of operate a little bit independently. The Magic were always going to be kind of off in their own world, doing things the way that they need to do it. And it was because... Orlando's not in the running for any of these big-name free agents. They're not even in the running for some of the secondary free agents. They're a team that capped themselves out for worse, more likely, because, of course, they're coming off a 29-win season. Orlando spent the majority of last summer spending, and they spent a lot. They spent a ton last season. And of course, when you spend a ton, you're kind of married to those contracts for a while. Bismack Biombo is on a four-year deal. Evan Fournier is on a, a four or five-year deal. Um, you know, DJ Augustin's on a four-year deal. You spend a lot of money, you are stuck with a lot of money. And so being able to have multiple years of max cap space is very difficult to do. I mean, the Boston Celtics are one of the rare occasions of a team being able to do it. The Miami Heat kind of lucked into it. Uh, because of the decision with Chris Bosh. Uh, and so it's it, it's rare to see a team get max cap space in consecutive years. And the Magic had max cap space last year uh, and didn't use it on a max guy. They used it on multiple guys. And so, again, they're kind of stuck with a few players. The money's the same, but they're stuck with a few players. 
So the way forward this year, especially after a 29-win season, is probably not ideal. The Magic, as I, as I mentioned, have roughly about 10, maybe 11 or $12 million in cap room. They, they can create some room. That does not leave a lot of space to do very much. Consider this. Bisbeck Biombo is making $17 million a year. That's probably 15 is probably what you have to pay for a low-end starter. DJ August is making seven and a half. That's pretty much the going rate for a bench player. The mid-level exception, essentially what the average player is supposed to make, is eight and a half. So the Magic are looking at, with $10 million of cap room to spend, roughly a, a slightly above average player. A bench player. A role player. And, of course, everyone kind of recognizes the Magic need a little bit more. So to make the significant changes the Magic need to succeed, free agency wasn't going to be the route. And typically, free agency isn't the route. Because in free agency, you have to overpay. You have to be willing to pay a little bit more to get the guy you want. Especially, especially if you are a losing team. You know, the talk among my family, because they're all Magic fans too, has been J.J. Redick getting a $23 million contract. And my response, and I've heard this from Magic fans as well, is like, how did J.J. Redick get a $23 million contract? The Sixers don't exactly have a winning culture or a winning program quite yet. And they had a lot of cap room, and they knew they had to spend to get a player of Redick's caliber. And certainly things aligned. Redick is looking for his big contract, as one of his last big contracts. And he got it. A championship team isn't paying J.J. Redick $23 million. Championship team is asking Kevin Durant to take a haircut. Take a little bit less than the max, which Kevin Durant is doing. So, the Magic were stuck entering free agency in a situation where their primary targets would have to be mid-level guys, essentially, to bolster the bench. And certainly the Magic need to bolster their bench. Alfred Payton, I think, said it on the Hoopside podcast with Alex Kennedy that Peyton believed that the, the team's core is solid. Debate that if you want. But what can't be debated is the team's bench is terrible. was terrible last year. They could not get reliable output from their second unit. And that hurt the Magic even more because their starting unit, while statistically was very good, remained fairly inconsistent. And so the free agency strategy changed a little bit this summer. It wasn't about spending. It was about spending smart. Because the Magic can use their cap room in another way. In a way that is more likely to lead to the kind of improvements that team that, that fans want to see in this team. You can use your available cap space to take on extra money in trades. And so I think what the Magic are doing with the with their free agency decisions, I think the Magic are trying to remain open and flexible to make this kind of move. So when they do decide to trade that starter to try and upgrade that position or maybe add a little bit more depth, they will have the space to take on maybe a bad salary that they wouldn't otherwise take on. 
And they'd be willing to do that if it meant an upgrade to the roster. It it feels a little counterintuitive, I know. Because, of course, when you're a bad team, it's get players to make yourself better. Don't just sit and wait. And, you know, I'm in the boat of the end of the season was encouraging, but ultimately had holes that need to be filled. And for the large part, we know what this core is going to do. They've been together for really two years now. Terrence Ross excluded. And maybe this core does deserve the chance to go through a training camp and really learn and play. And if the Magic have made that decision, the Magic have made that decision and they will go through it. But throwing money around isn't going to solve the problem. In fact, throwing money around wildly and and carelessly is what got the Magic in this situation to begin with. That is what led the Magic to be the team that they are right now. Capped out, low on talent in some ways, and asking a ton of questions. And may not make a ton of sense to say, let's roll this crew back. But it isn't about the 2018 season. And again, I know fans don't want to hear that either. It's also about the 2019 season and the 2020 season and setting the team up to have the flexibility to... Make those strikes when the team is ready. You know, I don't know if I sat here and argued this on Locked On Magic. I know I argued this online. The Magic weren't ready to take on free agents last summer. As a 35-win team, there were still a lot of questions about the core. If there was a time to roll the core back, including Tobias Harris, it was after that 35-win season. Adding maybe a key veteran off the bench. Adding depth instead of doing wholesale changes. The Magic are in that boat again, but not where they want to be. Are they truly better than the 29 wins they had last year right now without any changes? Probably not. It is good news to hear that the Magic, or at least are rumored, to be going after very specific types of free agents. They do have a type in mind. They do have players that they want to focus on. And like draft night, they're not going to just spend the money to spend the money. I don't see them throwing a big wad of cash at Shabazz Muhammad for more than a year. They could end up doing like a Jeff Green deal where it's a one-year overpay just to bring the guy in. I don't think they'll do that. I think they'll look to preserve their assets and flexibility moving forward. And right now, Their biggest asset and their biggest piece of flexibility is their cap room. So they're not going to spend it unless they're absolutely sure. And this is the right strategy for where the Magic are right now. Because real improvement isn't going to happen for them in free agency. The silence is frustrating. I get it. I understand it. Trust me, as someone who has to fill a 24-7 news hole, I would like a rumor or two. Throw me a bone. Give me some content to write. 
Give me something to talk about. But I think the Magic are pursuing free agency the way that they should. They're being aggressive with the players they want to be aggressive with. But they're not going to settle. They're going to wait and be patient. And that is something that is long overdue. Napa know how. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99 cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know how. Napa know how. At participating Napa auto parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10 Something that is not necessarily overdue, but, you know, something that's been ongoing and something that's been encouraging is what's been going on at Summer League. Yes, the Orlando Magic are now sitting at 1-2 and two after three Summer League games, but what I have seen from the Summer League team has been extremely encouraging. And, and I do want to start, before I dig into Derek Walton Jr. a little bit, I do want to start with Jonathan Isaac. This kid has played phenomenal in his three summer league games. He's been better every game than the last. His first game, he looked really nervous, but you could tell he had the defensive potential. You could tell he had a lot of basketball smarts. You could see a lot of hints of what he can be. And again, summer league is not about who can play. It's about who can't. And even when he played at his worst, even when he played at his most nervous, Jonathan Isaac looked like a player. Then came Sunday's game. Much better defensively. Much more calm. Much more composed. Looked like he caught up to the speed of the game. Grabbing rebounds left and right. Finishing shots. Making an impact on the defensive end especially. Isaac looked very, very good. And then came Monday's game. Where Isaac scored 9 points. Grabbed only 3 rebounds. 3 for 5 shooting in 12 minutes. It's not about the stat line with him. Two blocks, no turnovers, one foul. Again, that's important in Summer League. It's not about the stat line with uh, Jonathan Isaac. You watched him play these three games, and his confidence grew and grew and grew. He was a terror defensively. He might be the best defensive player at the Orlando Summer League in its entirety. He's able to switch on to guards seamlessly and defend them Perfectly. He's active around the basket trying to block shots. He's active getting back to his man and closing out. His length bothers people. This is everything the Magic dreamed of. But on offense, we finally saw Isaac be aggressive and get on the ball. The first play the Magic ran in Monday's game was a was a post-up. Got Isaac in a post-up. He drew a foul. He was attacking the offensive glass with putbacks. He was getting to a to step-back jumper, and he's got a really nice step-back jumper. And he's smart. He doesn't take it when it's forced. He's not a chucker at all, and that's you know maybe one of, his, one of his flaws. But he's trying to get to the basket. He's trying to be aggressive on the ball. And that is such an incredible sign from Jonathan Isaac. 
Again, I, I really believe this. He has gotten better each and every game this summer league. And that is so important for a rookie. Now, Isaac left the game after the first half on Monday. Sore hip. Everyone says it's not serious. But, you know, they wanted to be careful. Played three games in three days, plus five practice in the three days before that. Definitely a good idea to rest some Magic have Tuesday off. So, I, I don't know if we'll see Isaac the rest of the week. But you have to be impressed with this kid so far. In the three games, uh, Isaac is averaging... Got my stat sheet out here. The three games, Isaac is averaging 10.3 points per game and 8 rebounds per game. 11 offensive rebounds. 12 for 27 from the floor. So shooting can certainly still improve. A lot of those were misses from the first game where he missed, I think, 10 shots. He's been very, very good. Probably a lot better than I thought he would be. And I'll talk a little bit more about him at the end of Summer League, but have to point out how incredibly good he was. But Magic fans have quickly, you know, they've, they've kept their focus on the roster guys. But Magic fans, and, and myself included in this, have quickly turned their attention to another young player on the, te- on the team. And that's Derek Walton Jr., formerly of the Michigan Wolverines. When I got a look at the Magic Summer League roster, I kind of pointed at a couple players that I thought were interesting. And two of them were Kalen Lucas from the Erie Bayhawks and Derek Walton Jr. from the Michigan Wolverines. I had the feeling, and I still have this feeling, that the Magic will be looking at one of these two for a training camp invite to fill the third point guard role. That they're looking for someone to essentially replace what C.J. Watson was doing. Because obviously, I I don't see the Magic keeping C.J. Watson past that July 10th deadline. And I thought there'd be a little bit of a competition between Lucas and Walton to see who gets the job. And both have played well. Lucas has been really good. Especially on the defensive end. But Derek Walton has stood out too. And he has made fans of the Orlando Magic. I love everything about him. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't care if he's you know six five or five five. I like the way he plays the game. He's a competitor. He's fearless. He's very skilled. Uh, he plays both ends of the court. And uh, as I said yesterday, I'm a fan. It's always good when your coach in summer league says he's a fan, especially when your coach is the lead assistant to the head coach. Um, that, that he's a fan of your game. And Walden certainly stands out. Um, you know, actually, su- Monday wasn't even his best game. Shot four for 12, eight points, five assists. For Summer League so far, he's averaging 10.3 points per game, has 10 assists the most on the team. That's 3.3 assists per game. Uh, and is shooting 48% from the floor, including four for nine from beyond the arc. Uh, Walden has played really, really well. And what's really impressive about him to me um, he was obviously a senior at Michigan, played four years at Michigan. Ha- he has really good control over the pace of the game. Everyone pointed out very, very quickly that he is really skilled pick-and-roll player, that he is um, 
very good at at finding angles and, and kind of controlling the pace to get uh, to get his uh, guy a chance to to catch the ball uh, or to to make a play. And his passing's actually been really impressive too. I I didn't think he was this good of a passer. He's made some really nice passes on the pick and roll, either to the roller, to a wing player, or just made the right decision to take his own shot. It, it's been really unselfish. He's had really good command of the game, and you know, especially on a team where there are so many roster guys, so many guys that the Magic want to see, trusting that point guard position to someone new is a little bit of a risk. Um, and, and the Magic did that on both counts to maybe create some competition. I don't know. But it's been a very competitive ba- battle between Walton and, and Lucas, and Walton has played very well. Got the start on Monday. Lucas had the day off. Um, but Walton... Uh, Definitely, definitely um, has played his way into the conversation of getting a training camp invite. I'm not ready to say he should make the roster. I mean, he's 6'1". He's got to prove he can do it against NBA players. But certainly, I think he's deserving of a close look for a training camp invite. That is the golden ticket right now for these guys in Summer League is getting to training camp. Um, and, and the Magic will have to obviously make, make some noise to do that. But Walton has played very, very well under some extreme pressure to play well. He just wanted me to be me, you know, being a guy that can make shots, uh, you know, defend and then disrupt some guys and, uh, you know, run a team like I'm, you know, I've been doing for the last four years in college. And, um, you know, I think it's working out for me. And so far, it's worked out well for the Magic. They've played extremely well, especially on the defensive end, in my opinion, uh, with that starting unit, particularly uh, in Summer League. Walton has impressed. He's gotten the attention of fans, at least. Uh, it seems like he has the attention of the coaching staff as well, and of course, and we'll see what happens at the end of this week and as we move into September to see whether he ends up making the cut and getting that coveted training camp invite. So Derek Walton, certainly a player to keep an eye on uh, as Summer League continues. Uh, after this July 4th day off, I think Summer League's going to tail off for the Magic. I think... Um, for the most part, we've seen a lot of what we're going to see. Uh, I'm going to do a more complete recap of Summer League after Summer League ends on Friday's episode. So I'll save my thoughts for that. I, I kind of get the feeling, I have no information to suggest this, kind of get the feeling Jonathan Isaac's done for the week. Um, we may see a one-do one more time, uh, you know, in more of a featured role or more of a, a more of a more minutes for him. Um, certainly we'll see a little bit more Tyler Harvey. He got, a, got some playing time. I, I'd like to see more Steven Zimmerman. Um, but it, I think we'll start to see the Magic cycling some guys out now that uh, they've gotten a good look at, especially Jonathan Isaac and, and a couple of these players, uh, this summer league. No sense in pushing them more than they can handle. That's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Magic. I want to thank everyone for listening on this July 4th, or if you're not listening on July 4th, whatever day it is. It could be it could be in August, honestly. I, I'm betting... This will still be pretty relevant, um, except for that free agent part. That probably won't be as relevant. But whenever you're listening to this, I hope you had a fantastic day. I hope you have a fantastic Independence Day. Go watch some fireworks um, and eat some barbecue and do do something American, even if it's uh, you know tweeting angrily at, at somebody. Um, that's going to do it for me. If you want to tweet angrily at me, you can do so at Locked On Magic as well as tweet as well as Facebook like angrily at Facebook at Locked On Magic. You can follow me on Twitter at Omagic Daily as well as now 
at philiprr underscore omd. That's philiprr underscore omd. I'm getting to use my personal, use a personal account a little bit more so that you can interact with me directly instead of through the site intermediary. Uh, and of course, like us on Facebook at Orlando Magic Daily. And for the latest on the Orlando Magic, I'll probably still end up at Summer League tomorrow, even though the Magic aren't playing. But for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. That's going to do it for me today. Again, a happy Independence Day to everyone that's listening. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Rossman Reich. I'll see you all again tomorrow on another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.